Welcome to Video Land. Welcome to Castle Captain N, the Game Master. On the creepy world of Castlevania, Simon Belmont nervously awaits a very special award ceremony. How do I look? Is my hair all right? Simon, they're not honoring you for hairstyle of the year. It's for being a hero like your great-grandfather. I just want to look my handsomest. Hello and welcome to Sideshow. I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. Uh, we are today going to delve into one of the worlds that uh, Joe has loved for a long time, uh, probably close to 30 years. It is Castlevania. Yeah. Oh my god. Castlevania. It just uh, it gets better with age. No, it doesn't actually. <laughs> it, uh, it gets better in your memory with age, but it actually, there's a lot of good entries which we'll, we will delve into. As the podcast goes on, as the sideshow goes on. So, I know, I guess I'm going to be steering this ship because, you know, aside from you seeing the four Castlevania Netflix uh, cartoons, you know nothing about Castlevania. We we talked about this uh, when Joe and I went to see The Goonies a little while ago, that it came out, and I was probably just a little older for it, but the fact that it was this phenom movie that I knew nothing about I had never seen it kind of surprised Joe we've talked in the past about putting together a list of like really geeky things or really sci-fi things that aren't on my radar or aren't on his radar that it would surprise you and when we were talking about hey the Mario podcast we did a couple weeks ago on Sideshow was really fun and I had a great time we got great feedback last weekend or last week's uh, Resident Evil Sideshow was really great first time we had a guest phone in and I'm like, you know, we should do more of these. And Joe says, well, let's do Castlevania. Completely, I, I absolutely knew nothing about it. Yeah, and I figured, you know, since it is October, and it's spooktacular, and Castlevania is horror-themed, Dracula-themed, obviously, it's, uh, it's prime for a little delving into, and a lot of delving into. We'll try to keep it under a day. Of, of talking and, about and, Castlevania. So Joe sends me some notes and told me there's a four-episode um, season one on Netflix that was really great. I did not know that it's graphic novels, it's comics, and it's video games going all the way back to 87. So this is the 30th year in the United States. I guess that you said it came out in Japan in 86. Yeah, so I guess we'll dive right into it. Castlevania... Debuted in Japan on September 26, 1986, North America, May 1st, 1987. So, for those of you who are not familiar with Castlevania, it is a video game series that started on the Nintendo Entertainment System, and it follows the uh, adventures of Simon Belmont, Vampire Hunter. Vampire Killer is actually uh, the name of his whip that is used to uh, vanquish Dracula in each and every game. The original game... Uh, set in the late 17th century. So think like, you know, Transylvania kind of very spooky settings. Uh, a lot of the games take place in and around Dracula's castle. The point of the game is, you know, Dracula uh, is a threat and has to be vanquished. And you are, it's up to you as Simon Belmont to vanquish it. It's a side-scrolling platformer. Uh, a lot of uh, religious imagery, a lot of gothic themes going on in these games. 
on your road to Dracula's castle, you're met with like zombies, ghosts, floating eyeballs, like skeletons, fucked up shit. And uh, it's up to you to vanquish those beasts with your whip and some special weapons you find along the way. You said it uh, by the uh, by your breakdown or your ranking of the game. It's good. Is it good for 1987 or is it good? It's good and a borderline great. I, mean, I, I gave it a good. I'm giving it a good compared to its later entries in the on the Nintendo Entertainment System. But it is a good to great game. It's groundbreaking in a lot of respects because one, it has um, you know some pretty decent graphics. The physics were a little eh, but um, you know, the gameplay was uh, compelling. The uh, storyline was something that people were kind of familiar with. That sort of like Dracula's bad. There's a lot of go- ghosts and goblins, and everybody wants to kill those things. Well, so so it is. It is good that there isn't. You don't have to know the background. Everybody knows Dracula. Yeah, was, or, or some sort of storyline. Yeah, and this is kind of a pick up and play thing. So yeah, you know, it's challenging at times. It's not an easy game. It's frustrating, but for you know those who are into horror, into gothic imagery, into monster movies even and if you're patient enough and if you're kind of an insane person sometimes it helps to help you get through this game because it's frustratingly bad in some points like the gameplay the gameplay or is, is there clues that you have to figure out or is it straight on fighting or do you have to find clues to figure out how to get in and out of rooms or no it's not like a dungeon crawler it's like a left to right side scroller thing where you're just jumping on platforms to avoid enemies and pits you're using your whip to whip like candles and lamps that are on walls that can reveal um, hearts, which aren't life. They don't replenish your life. They're actually used for the number of weapons that you can use. So there's special weapons involved, too, that you pick up along the way. The, the mainstay weapons of choice, aside from the whip, you have your axe that you throw in an arch. You have a cross, which is kind of like a boomerang that kind of goes from one end of the screen to the other. Holy water, which is something that, you know, is very short range, but when it lands and cast it burns. fire. It burns, baby! Ghosts. I love our baby! <laughs> and um, you also have a dagger that you throw across the screen and a stopwatch, which freezes time for a temporary uh, moment. Yeah, it's very fast-paced as a timer. You know, there's a point system. There's, you know, you have a life meter. But what also made this game very compelling, especially for, like, the Nintendo, is... With the, like with any popular game is the music, the soundtrack. You know, there was like real composers that went into pushing the limitations of what the Nintendo music generators, the sound generators could at eight bit. Right, based on the limited technology, like I just played at the beginning of the show, is that's the the the, the vampire killer theme. As good as anything Depeche Mode had out in '86. <laughs> uh, now, so, did it start with the game? The game, yes. the game started this at all. It, yes. it was a game that spun off everything else. Right. Okay. It was a game first, and then questions later. When did you first play this game that came out in '87? Gee, I think I might have played it in like '89, like a couple of years later. You know, it was. I, I think I might have played Castlevania two first, and then went back and found Castlevania one. Because yeah, that's what you do. That's what I do. Watch Airplane two first. <laughs> I suck. No, well, you know, I, and I think I borrowed it from a friend. I never really got these games. I, I did get Castlevania three on my own. When that came out, like I, I remember holding the co- like the actual box in my hand and opening it up and throwing it out, and then me in the future yelling at me for, for throwing, throwing out, out the, the box. box. Should have thrown out the cartridge and Sh- kept the box. Should have thrown out me. Yeah, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Hot water for baby. Hot water. <laughs> we circled back. So, when is the last time you've played that game? Castlevania. Castlevania, probably, the first one. Well, probably. 
in research for this coming episode, <laughs> this episode we're doing now, probably like last week. And how long does it take? You put it in, um, loads up, uh, yeah, start how, to finish. Oh, it's hard. I don't know. I don't think I... There's no password system in the first game, so it's like one of those fuck If you, you turn it off, you're fucked. You're yeah, done. Ex- right. Yeah, it's like you sit down there and you finish this game or there's no supper for you, mister. Okay, there, there you go. That's my parenting tip of the week. <laughs> so let's get, I'll just barrel through this because there's a long list. And a lot of these games I haven't played. I don't want to bore the audience with a lot of them. I mean, I'm boring the audience. Okay, regardless. They, they go, go over it a little bit, but I'm going to stop you if I have questions about different games and why you rated it that. Okay, so then we move on to 1988, Castlevania II, Simon's Quest. If you would indulge me, I'm going to play a little ditty from this game it's called bloody tears and it's probably like one of the better nintendo game songs it's a great name for a band if, if, if somebody doesn't have bloody tears already oh it's got no i mean this has been covered by from portland oregon it's bloody tears <laughs> but listen to this and tell me you don't want to fucking kill monsters This song was like one of the more redeeming qualities of the game itself. The game itself is of dubious nature, and for many reasons. One being, um, it had um, kind of a poor translation. This one, this game incorporated text. It was more of a backtracking, back and forth game where you'd visit towns and uh, different um, different areas of the game, and you'd have to pick up. This is where you're actually like looking for clues. The premise of Castlevania Two is that Dracula is um, he's in danger of being resurrected, but somebody scattered his uh, parts, his body parts, in different castles, and you have to go and find each part. Like, you have to find Dracula's heart and Dracula's uh, heart, penis. and you know, uh, Yes, Dracula's penis. No, no, there's no Dracula's penis. You're supposed to laugh. I'm so cold. <laughs> no, no, I'm thinking, wow, he's, yeah, I mean, he's a really, you know. Right, well, you know. They got the women underwear vending machines and video games where you have to find Dracula's oh, penis. Oh, you don't even want to know what the they Japanese lost the war. Are. Yeah, no. Biff. But, <laughs> but uh, that, that music was composed, I believe, by Kenichi Matsubara. And uh, this, uh, this, this is just a very, it's a good game, but the reason why it's kind of dubious in nature is because there's port, parts of the game that rely on clues given to Simon Belmont from the townspeople. But in the Japanese version, it makes sense. When they translated it over, there was no real, like, North American, you know, counterpart to translate from the Japanese like they have now. Right. So they had, like, Japanese people who spoke English and could write good, and uh, but not good enough. So a lot of the clues didn't make sense to the American audience. And there's, like, one particular scene where you have to know that to get past a certain point in the game, you have to, like, go to a dead-end wall, kneel before it, holding a blue crystal, and a whirlwind will come up and swoop you along to the next part, to, like, the final part of the game. You would not know this had you not had, like, Nintendo Power Magazine or the Internet from the Future at that point. Speaking of Nintendo Power Magazine... Castlevania 2 was featured on the cover of the second issue of Nintendo Power and is probably the worst Nintendo Power cover of all time. Why? Because it's kind of cheesy, but it it depicts uh, Simon 
Belmont holding the head of Dracula and like a bloodied head, like pre Kathy Griffin. Like this is <laughs> way ahead of its Maybe time. Maybe she got the inspiration. This is from '88. So and you can and of course parents called up Nintendo and said they gave my kids nightmares and all that shit. So they you know they 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 snowflake exactly exactly. So and it, actually Nintendo Power in a retrospective of Nintendo Power covers I think for their hundredth issue they said that yeah that was our worst cover of all time. Like it was just like a it's not lit well. B it's kind of gruesome. And this is like a, a magazine for kids, kids. You know so well, Mario was probably the first cover. Right, Mario was the first cover, and then all of a sudden you go what the fuck is this? <laughs> Why is Dracula crying with blood on his eyes? And it seems like they cranked him out one one right after the other. This, you know, yeah. Was I mean, there a rush, or did they have planned it ahead that Castlevania one was going to be such a great seller? We have to have two and three in development. Um, I'm not sure about that. I'm sure that they probably looked at it as a franchising opportunity, but the way that I'm sure those bastarded Konami worked their workers to the bone. I'm sure they just said, you know, they saw the sales on day one and said, we're making a second game and you're not going to sleep until it's made. So it goes from two, but then it takes a break before it goes to three. For the Nintendo, no, but we move on to 1989, Castlevania The Adventure, which is a a Game Boy version. It's the first Game Boy game. Okay. Yeah, so this is for the Game Boy. It's a different platform, different graphics, same kind of play style, a little clunky. Different storyline? Uh, it's actually, yeah, you're playing as Christopher Belmont. Uh, it's the year 1591. It's not the 17th century. So it's like 200 years earlier. Yeah, it's like about 100 years earlier. Um, you're an ancestor of Simon Belmont. And it's a pretty good game. It's an okay game. Um, the music's good, but they do improve upon that with the sequel, uh, which I'll jump ahead to, Belmont's Revenge in 91 for the Game Boy. Much better music, uh, gameplay, graphics, uh, just an all-around better game. But uh, the cream of the crop, in my opinion, as far well, one's uh, yeah, I would say the cream of the crop. You know, it, it's a toss-up between Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, which came out for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1990, and Super Castlevania Four, which came out for the Super Nintendo. Those are the oh, well, okay. There's three really good games. I feel like Steve Martin in that bit. If I only had one wish, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't need one other thing. I wasn't sure what Martin oh, right, you were going right. with. I need this Castlevania. So, but Castlevania Three, I won't bounce around too much. But let's go to Castlevania Three. Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Uh, it's the year 1476. You're playing as Trevor Belmont. This is what the Netflix special is based on, by the way. This sort of storyline. This line. This particular game. You're an ancestor of Simon Belmont, um, and basically you have to vanquish to Castlevania again, and you have to go to his castle. But along the way, you meet uh, other characters that uh, are helping you along your way. You can play as uh, Grant, who is like some sort of like dagger-wielding pirate-looking guy. Uh, you play as Cypher and a pirate-looking guy. I'm a real expert on Castlevania. He's some dude with a knife. You know, he could be either in Castlevania or in West Side Story. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a knife. So I watched the Netflix series as we as we had spoken. Absolutely fantastic. Are any of those other characters the um, speakers? Yeah, the speaker is Saifa, Saifa Belnades. Okay. So she's in the game. It's based on a character in the game, and she's like... Uh, she has sorcery. Ma- ma- she's sorcery, yeah. She has, like, magical powers, and um, she's, you know, kind of weak in the game, 
but she does have like powerful magic spells and magic abilities that are powerful against enemies. But you know, there's a little bit of a sacrifice now, there. When we on this past week's Carnival Personnel podcast and did the random video game play of the week, you thought it was Castlevania Three because of the space on the wall. But then you remembered, no, there's a space on the wall. Because you had it in your system. Yeah, that's right. I played it. But I, it's a little bit hard because, you know, and that game does have a password system, which is great because you can, you know, drop what you're doing and come back to it later. And it is a long game. But um, you also, one more character you play is Alucard, who is like the Domphir's son of Dracula. Domphir is like a, a living vampire. but he Who also was in the Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Right. So Alucard is, you know, which is Dracula spelled backwards. Um, Alucard is... Did you not know, know that. You know, you, you got to read more. That's why. <laughs> so you play as Alucard, and uh, he has other abilities, too. He can turn into a bat, uh, which is cool. But I do want to mention one thing about this game, which makes it particularly great, is the music. The music, I'll sample here a little bit. Uh, here is the music that we got on the Nintendo Entertainment System version in America. This is, um, this is, I think, called Beginning. Pretty good, right? I, I didn't hear anything better on Miami Vice, the original <laughs> TV series. It's got a beat you can dance to it. So I bring this up because um, in Japan, they got uh, a more beefy soundtrack because... They added a um, something called the VRC chip, or the VRC6 chip, um, which provided six-channel sound versus the four-channel sound that we got in America. They didn't incorporate that extra chip in the card to give them like this more beefed-up, souped-up, like the Phil Spector wall of sound is what you're saying. Exactly right. So this is what this is what Japan got. Yeah, there's a lot more low end, a lot more treble and bass. Yeah, that bass, that's what, you know, that's what you really want to kick up. Yeah. And seriously, you can hear the extra tracks. It's all about that bass. <laughs> about that bass. But, um, yeah, so we didn't get that. But um, that's okay. We'll forgive the Japanese for that. Um, oh, will we? <laughs> yeah, so that's probably one of my top video game soundtracks of all time. That, Mega Man 2, at least for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So moving right along. But that is the first of the games that you listed as great. That's a great game. It's a great game. It's a hard game, but it's worth playing. So now we move on to Super Castlevania 4, another great game. The first Super Nintendo Castlevania game. Uh, you play again as Simon Belmont. It's the year 1691. And this, you, you're using your whip and all the other special items uh, as you would normally, but this is more of like a original Castlevania game. It's a, basically, it's almost like a retelling of the first Castlevania game, but it's a lot more versatile, whereas, you know, in the old game, you could only whip in like two directions back and forth. This, you could whip in eight directions. Do you have this? I do not. But you've played this yourself. Yeah, this is a great game. I think I did have it at one point, and then I sold it. But it, this is a fantastic game. Great music. You know, it's a, it probably one generation's best, like they're, what they consider to be the best Castlevania game. It took advantage of the Mode 7 chip. It would allow the Super Nintendo to rotate the, the background, to um, do really good special effects. Uh, that was not uh, previously available on the Nintendo Entertainment System, and it, it, it added more depth to the gameplay. Um, I'll briefly mention Rondo of Blood, which came out only in Japan for the PC Engine Super CD. 
back in 1992, about the same year that we got Super Castlevania 4. This was remade a couple of times for the U.S., but uh, you play as Richter Belmont, a descendant of Simon Belmont, the year 1792. That's a great game. That's a really hard game. But the original game was not available to the U.S., so I'll Can I ask a stupid question? There are none here. Is it always the same Dracula? And what I mean by that is, you know, with Batman, because it's always going to come back to the paths of Batman, Rachel Ghoul has been around for hundreds of years. The Rachel Ghoul that we know... But whoever is the head of the League of Assassins is Rachel Ghoul. So they keep the same title. It's like King or is, But it's a different vessel. So if they keep killing Dracula, <laughs> like you kill Dracula well, at the end the of every game. That's it. That's you're right. There Dracula is vanquished, but then usually they're brought back by an order that, you know, uses a, like a vessel. I mean in in these games it's almost like in the, in the first games, it's almost like the original Dracula. His soul goes to hell, exactly. but then somebody else finds a sacrifice, the right. soul, and brings that it back. Body. Right. Kind of like the mummy franchise in the movies. Right. As long as, you, as long as you salvage the bones of Dracula, he'll, and you sacrifice somebody, you know, you say, uh, make a like a high, make a high, ho, <laughs> uh, he'll come back. But yeah, the, the, uh, I'm sure there's multiple incarnations of Dracula. I don't get that deep into it. Could we get more. Pee Wee Playhouse references and <laughs> all the pot, please. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now we go on to '94. Castlevania Bloodlines came out for the Genesis. It's the only Castlevania game on the Genesis. It takes place in 1917, World War One. Uh, you play as either John Morris or Eric Lacard. You have a choice at the beginning of the game, and this is another 2D side scroller kind of platformer adventure game, similar to the other entries. Uh, very good. And you're, the enemy this time is Elizabeth Bartley, who is Dracula's niece. Ooh. So then we move on to 1995's uh, Dracula X, which is the remake of Rondo of Blood that I mentioned earlier. Um, that's a good game. The soundtrack for Rondo... Super Nintendo. System. That's a Super Nintendo game, right. Uh, the, the soundtrack's not as high quality because the original Rondo Blood had like CD-quality sounds. Um, whereas this is relied on the Super Nintendo hardware. But anyways, now we move on to the really good game. And I should have put excellent on my verdict on this. 1997's Symphony of the Night, which was released for the PlayStation. It takes place in 1796. You play as Alucard, uh, Dracula's downfear son. Um, this is a direct sequel to Rondo of Blood. And this is the game that introduced what's been referred to in gaming culture as Metroidvania gameplay. So let me explain Metroid real quick. Please Metroid, do. Metroid is a video game uh, for the Genesis. Uh, so, oh, that's <laughs> sacrilege. That's for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And, but then also Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo incorporated a map system where you would have to backtrack to different areas, to different parts of the, this planet. And it, in order to keep track of where you were in the game, you would hit a button and it would bring up a map system and show you like which room you've been in and highlight all the rooms that you've been in and which room you're in. And sometimes you would see an over, overall map of where you need to go. And until Symphony of the Night, they didn't have that sort of gameplay incorporated into Castlevania, whereas now Symphony of the Night introduces that, that similar gameplay. So there's a lot of backtracking in Dracula's Castle, uh, a lot of rooms, a lot of hidden rooms. Um, this has a, like a, an RPG element, so you you level up your abilities as you vanquish enemies along the way. There's a lot of uh, potions that you can pick up, a lot of abilities, a lot of items that you can pick up to make your uh, character stronger, better, faster. 
But Metroidvania refers to the the sort of style of gameplay in Castlevania that was harkened back to the map system and the backtracking of Metroid. And you uh, have this one here. I do have Symphony of the Night, although my version's chipped. Like I have a CD. It's a CD-based game, and there's a chip in it. So, like, um, I know, I you know, and these Goodwills. This is why we can't have nice things. I know. First, the Flintstones, and mug. now this. I know. But Symphony of the Night ha- probably has the best soundtrack. The soundtracks are like, if not the most important part of the game, like one of the most important parts of these games is the soundtrack driving the art style, the feel, the the gothic feeling of the game. In order to make a, great, a game that's good, great, is give it a good soundtrack, right. if not an amazing soundtrack, so that you're not fucking annoyed playing this game for hours and hours on end listening to the same one-note kind right. of songs over and over. I mean, the, 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 the library of songs that are born out of these Castlevania games are endless. I mean, they have, you know, each game has dozens of dozens of songs for each individual area, you know? So, And so far, this seems to be the one you got most excited about. Is this your favorite? It's. I hadn't. I didn't play it when it originally came out. I started. I got into it way late, like only like maybe like five or ten years ago. But then I played it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is a very, very good game." It's and it's it's a long game. You play half the game with inside the castle, and then there's a, you reach a point. Spoilers where you vanquish a boss, and then all of a sudden you have the castle turns upside down, and you play the entire second half. In the same castle, but the, everything's upside down. But it's like an Escher painting now. Exactly, yeah. So now you're in the upside down, essentially. Oh, Stranger you see what he's done things. there? But yeah, this is a great... We're great... sponsored by Netflix, by the way. <laughs> so, Sympathy of the Night, excellent game. Just like a masterpiece, really. And then we move on to Castlevania. And we have a drop-off. Right, right, Castlevania Legends. Uh, a Game Boy entry. Uh, you play Sonia Belmont. It's the year 1450. Uh, the producer... One of the producers of this game, um, Cody Iragashi, uh, he considered this an, uh, an embarrassment to the timeline. Uh, he th- th- thought that the time that the game just sort of veered, just went way off the rails, had nothing to do with the original kind of storyline or in the canon. So he officially pulled this game from the timeline. Like he wow. just he, he's just disavowed this as like this like this game does not exist in his mind. That just goes to show you how good of a game it is and how you should probably avoid it at all. Yeah, no, it's, I guess it's an open... It probably, no, it actually probably makes it more valuable to have. Right, exactly, you know, so... And the box it came in. Uh, uh, 1999, you see Castlevania 64. Uh, it's, it, it's called Castlevania officially, the, but it's referred to as Castlevania 64. It's the first 3D game in the series, not the 2D side-scroller. Eh, you're playing uh, as Carrie Fernandez or Reinhard Schneider. Reinhard Schneider is an heir to the Belmont. It takes place in 1852. You know, it's a 3D game like uh, like a you know like you would play on the Nintendo 64, like a Legend of Zelda or Mario. In '99, how good was the technology? Uh, was it that the game was off, or just the technology wasn't really ready? Yeah, I think the programmers were just like, okay, now we have to make a game that's so deeply rooted in the 2D style. Now we're going to make a 3D version of it, and they struggled with it a little bit. It wasn't um, a bit of a it was a bit of a stumble. Um, it had some camera control issues as well, so they didn't do it any favors. And then you follow that up with uh, Leg- Legacy of Darkness. So it garnered a sequel, apparently. Either that or they just had both work. They probably did them at the same, because they both came out in the same year. Right, right. I mean, they were probably working on it simultaneously. This one took advantage of the N64 expansion pack. Basically, you just gussy up a turd. 
You know, like, I can't see the corn in this turret unless I put the expansion pack in. Wow. wow I can look almost, at that corn. I can almost smell it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Legacy of Darkness, eh, whatever. So now we move off of those black sheep, and then we move on to Circle of the Moon for the Game Boy Advance in 2001. This was a launch title for the Game Boy Advance. Game Boy Advance. you have one of those? Yeah. I have Is that here? Well, you know I have two of them. <laughs> Wow. What was that about four weeks ago? We did the Joe Breakdown games. Oh, wow. Right. Well, we you have do, this game. Well, I, I do. Fantastic. Yeah, I actually do. This was a this was a very good game. It was a return to form, 2D uh, style, similar to Symphony of the Night. You play as Nathan Graves. It's the year 1830. You're rescuing your kidnapped mentor from Dracula. This incorporates a dual setup system, which I won't get into. It's a magic card system. It's a fucking good game, all right, man? It took advantage of... It actually showed what the capabilities of the Game Boy Advance could be. And for a launch title, it was very well received. And it had a good soundtrack, uh, good graphics. It had that same kind of backtracking style, like like I said. Going forward, a lot of these games have that sort of Metroidvania style. A lot of exploration. And, um, yeah... It was it was good. It was a good. I call this a great game. Move on. Castlevania Chronicles for the PlayStation One. I didn't. It's a remake of a game that came out in Japan for another obscure system. Um, it's an okay. It's a pretty good game. Um, 2002 Harmony of Dissonance, another Game Boy Advance game, follow up to Circle of the Moon. You play as Juiced Belmont, grandson of Simon. Maybe it's Just. Do you have this one? I do not. I don't think I after Circle of the Moon. I might have like one other game for like the the uh, the Xbox 360, like the later later games. Okay. So, but I have played these. I just don't have them. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, Harmony of Dissonance, another great game, a good game, I call it. Uh, 2003, Aria of Sorrow. You play as Soma Cruz. It's set in the future. The year 2035. You're a teen with occult power. Soma gets this power. Because he uh, was uh, uh, going to be a vessel for the reincarnation of Dracula, and then like right in mid transformation or ceremony, like something shit hits the fan, and then like he hightails it out of there. But then you know you're off to vanquish whatever's left of the order of whatever. Hey man, I don't fucking know. After my eyes gloss, my eyes gloss over after after a certain time with all these Castlevania. But entries. I mean, it's funny that they've gone going you know fourteen whatever or sixteen, then you had a nineteen. 19- 17 World War One, but now all of a sudden you're... In the future. Right. It's cool, I guess. It really, at this point, the draw of these games is the style and and, and, and I mean and the substance, but this really like the just the 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 the, the 2D platforming, the 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 adventuring, the uh, the leveling up, the RPG elements, the 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 map system, all that. It's just like they're these like deep kind of deep games, not too deep though. Did they have, is it the same developer the whole way through? This is all developed by Konami. Okay. The once great and all powerful Konami. They were it? They were the shit. They were so prolific in game making in the, in the early 80s and 90s, in the 80s and 90s for the Nintendo Entertainment System that Nintendo had a policy where they, you couldn't make more than six games or is it three games a year for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So to get around that, Konami spun off Ultra Games so they could double their production. So like the game Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the Nintendo Entertainment System was really developed by Konami, but it was put out by Ultra Games. Right. Um, but Konami, you can thank for a slew of games, Castlevania, Contra, 
That's why I knew the name. I'm like, why do I know it? Why do you the know? Konami code? Right, right. Up, up, down, down, down left, left, right, left, right. right. A, B, A, B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start. So right, but uh, Konami's kind of fallen off uh, in recent years. If you've um, followed them, oh, we'll move on. PlayStation Two, Lament of Innocence, 2003, 3D action game. I guess it's a good game. I haven't played it myself. It's a 3D game. It takes place in 1094, so this is sort of an origin story for the Belmonts. You play as Leon Belmont, uh, you know, and it's sort of the start of their fight against Dracula, uh, the, the clan of the Belmonts, that is. 2005, Dawn of Sorrow, the first Nintendo DS game. And there's three DS entries, and all of them are very good. Dawn of Sorrow is great. It's a direct sequel to Aria of Sorrow, so it takes place in the year 2036, who fucking cares? No, no, it's it, it's funny. I'm boring myself. No, no, the game before was the oldest data game. You know, back at like you know these are s- truly a century apart. Right, like, and a lot of the times, I think there's like multiple teams working. You know, in in you know on different games at, at the same time. You know, like the team that worked on Daria, Dawn of Sorrow worked on Aria of Sorrow, which was the the Game Boy Nintendo lineage. But then the PlayStation game was probably produced by another team at Konami. Um, so you have this listed as great. Yeah, uh, Dawn of Sorrow is a great game. It uh, you play uh, as Soma Cruz again, as in you did in Aria of Sorrow. But then at the end, when you beat the game, you get to play as Julius Belmont or a couple of other characters, and uh, you get to play the game again, but on a harder mode. And there's other, you know, it's like a second quest basically. It's like two games in one. Curse of Darkness came out after this, or in the, sorry, the same year for the uh, PlayStation 2 and Xbox. It's another 3D adventure game. It takes place in 1479. It's for, first Xbox game? Yeah, it's like the first PlayStation Xbox, PlayStation 2 Xbox game. And, it, you know, I guess it's an okay game. Portrait of Ruin came out in 2006 for the Nintendo DS. It's set in World War II Europe. I'm playing this actually right now. And it's a, it's a yeah, no, again, it's a great game. It feels like Castlevania. It's got the music. It's got the style. You're playing as like two characters at once, so you can either swap between them or you can um, you can uh, play in congr- like in congruence with each other. Is that a word? I don't know. I'm, I'm asking you if a word is a word. <laughs> right, right. Oops. English lit major here. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> ah, Louise. Is that Shakespeare? Joe Ice is money in the books when I come over. <laughs> uh, Portrait of Ruin is a good game. Uh, Dracula X Chronicles, PlayStation Portable, is a 2.5D remake of Rondo of Blood. 2008, you see Order of Ecclesia, um, which is a Nintendo DS game. Good game. Then we get to the Wii. Castlevania Judgment. This is the only one on this expansive list that you list as poor. Yeah, it was not well received by critics. I haven't played it. It's a 2D fighting game. So it's just like, you know, picture like Injustice, but with Castlevania. Sounds like a winner, right? It really does. Not so much. It's just like, okay, let's take everything that was great about a game and then uh, put it on another game. (laughs) But uh, it's like the same, but it's different. You know, I mean, they had a lot of games come out that year. Was this just like the D-list development team working on this? I think so. Yeah, this was this is the Goon Squad. It's just like a oh, me make game for we punch. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2010 Harmony of Despair. Despair, a word that most of our audience can now relate to. <laughs> oh my God! Well, but it's it's the first co-op playable game. I think, from what I understand, the PlayStation Three. Is couch co-op, but the PlayStation, the 360 version was only online co-op, so that was weird. I, I wonder why they did that. I don't know why they decided to go do two different routes, but I guess that's an okay game. Lords of Shadow is kind of where they're at or where they left off 
as far as like modern games go, Lords of Shadow came out in 2010 for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. It takes place in 1047, and it's actually considered a reboot of Castlevania. It's kind of like, all right, we kind of played out to death the old Castlevania style, and the, I think we've told every story that there is to tell in that lineage. So this is just sort of like a fresh start. You know, I think it was very well received. You play as Gabriel Belmont, and it's a 3D action adventure game, but they it's 3D done right. Like, they finally kind of got it really good. In my limited understanding, because I haven't played it yet. I mean, I think I have it. I think I actually have... I do have Lords of Shadow. I've played a little bit of it. I, I lie. I do I have played a little bit of it. I just, you know, my ADD won't let me play anymore, man. I just... I can't. I can't go back. Or well, maybe I will. Well, you have it listed as great. Yeah, well, I'm also, I'm also cheating a little I mean, bit. I mean, there's lots of games here that you have listed as poor that you've played to completion. Nah. One that was great. You'd, you'd invest the time I th- for the you, listeners. You think I would, and, and I didn't. And then uh, we leave off Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fate came out in 2013. That was kind of a, I guess it was a sequel to Lords of, it was a direct sequel to Lords of Shadow. But it came off of the Nintendo DS as well as the 360 and PlayStation 3. It's an okay game. Uh, 2014 final game to date uh, for the Castlevania series, Lords of Shadow 2, PlayStation 360, PS3. So that's the previous generation. And this takes place back and forth between the future, Conan. The future? <laughs> but I wonder why they stopped. And the past. I- I'm going to have to look up if this didn't sell because they've been cranking out more, more than a game a year since... 86 why are they stopping the bigger the big 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 problem that i won't get into it because i really can't because i'm just not that knowledgeable about it but konami sucks now there's sort of a mantra in the gaming world right now called fuck konami because of the way that they treat their workers the way they treat their high level guys like oh metal gear is another like fantastic game series that came out for, you know since like the the mid 90s there have been five true Metal Gear entries. Hideo Kojima was the director of all of those games. Those were like big fucking movies that you were just basically playing on a video game. Like they were, they were incredible games. But Konami just decided that like they were, they either got too big for their bridges or they were just like I don't know they they, they wanted to get out of the video game market or whatever. But I, I don't know if it was just the perfect storm of like the way they were treating their employees and uh, the way they were treating their higher level, you know, directors and their properties. They just sort of like it became careless with their properties and uh, decided to just like basically set fire to themselves. But know? at the same time, they have this new Netflix show that came out this year that was received incredibly well that has, you know, they already said they have a season two. Right. Anyway, right. So it's not like they're abandon it but they, they're focusing more on like from the last i heard konami in japan is focusing more on pachinko machines do you know what a pachinko machine is it's like a, pl- is that like a plinko. The plinko machine yes. from from wheel of fortune no it was from price is right yeah like those are like the i apologize but those are like fucking popular like those are like crack in in japan like they're like big like they're loud their opioid epidemic is is plinko machines yeah the pachinko machines pachinko but, yeah but they're, they're it's like it's like a gambling machine kind of you know you it, like because i think it pays out money i think i'm not sure but i think that that's like their video poker kind of yeah yeah so but they're they're developing video style pachinko machines so i don't know that that seems to be where they're headed right now they kind of like i don't know I, I i don't know what's going on they're they're they i think they 
they need a direct line to the suicide hotline over okay. in Makonamia. They're a little, I don't know, either that or just like they're they, they decided to blow themselves up and start over as like a no. It's of interesting company. that you know for for like we said, you know, up till three years ago, they were averaging more than a game a year. Each new platform, they had something even back for the Genesis, but they stop at PS3. But at the same time, they're moving into the animated world. So yeah, and it's it's it, that, but that's probably one more of them licensing out the property. They're like you know, it's like okay, well, you can do this with Castlevania. You make it. You we're we're gonna have nothing to do with it. You go make it. We'll we'll give we'll give you our blessing, and you give us money, and right. then um, you know, and then see where it goes. So I'm sure they have like a a high level sort of involvement with the Castlevania series. But I don't know, maybe that's part of their master plan. Maybe they want to be an inter- like. Well, the, I mean, it was great, so I, I hope they make more of those. They are. They're making eight more episodes that are supposed to be coming out next year, 2018. So look for those on Netflix. Sponsoring the... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd like to also say that Netflix does not sponsor the Carnival Personnel Podcast, though if they wish to, they can contact us on Twitter at Carnival Podcast. Or just OptiGrabber. That's me. Or the Jacques Four, or on our Facebook page, Carnival Podcast. For some reason, I don't know. I, I, you know what it was? I didn't think you guys could spell personnel. That's why I decided to go with Carnival Podcast. Well, I, the first ten times I spelled it, it's like, oh damn it, there's two ends, <laughs> right? <laughs> and there's no silent six. <laughs> I was using numbers and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, so thank you for tuning into this. I mean, I. Joe, I really like these. If you know, if you got any last bits, but honestly, yeah. I, I truly learned a crap load about Super Mario. There's many more Mario podcasts to come. Resident Evil, I learned a crap load, but this was great. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know these are really, really good games, and uh, I know nobody's gonna play them. I think I know I'm just alone in the universe. <laughs> um, nobody, nobody wants me. Nobody loves me. So, again, this is Jacques. Thank you for tuning in. Any ideas for future game shows that we might have a clue about talking about? Game shows? Game shows like the Newlywed game. And I only say that because that's the box that Joe has his mic on. I'm tearing down that fourth wall, man. Uh, uh-huh. Anyways, I mean, this has all been great. But uh, what I really want you to remember is to not forget...